Thanks for listening to Last Call Confessions. This podcast is intended for adult audiences, and there may be language or references that some listeners may find disturbing. Guest views are their own and not necessarily reflective of the Last Call Confessions team. Discretion is advised. Today on Last Call Confessions, we're joined by Jordan Smuzko, or as many know him, Peaches. Peaches has been a jack-of-all-trades over the past decade, including managing Cowboys Music Festival, selling popsicles, becoming a spin motivator, running a coffee shop, and managing an event venue. He's been involved in some hilarious antics, great events, and has facilitated a party or two in his day. Peaches and I actually started out together almost a decade ago as rookie managers at Cowboys, and man, are there some stories. We'll get into that in a bit. First, we're going to play a quick game of rapid fire with Lauren. Welcome, Peaches. Hope you're ready. Friends, thanks for having me. So pumped. Let's rapid fire. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Okay, would you rather milk or coconut milk? Milk or uh, coconut milk. If I have real milk, it's a ba- I'm lactose intolerant, bad situation. Fair. Ice cream or Slurpees? Oh, ice cream. Comfort food, which is mm. the downfall of my popsicle company. <laughs> Receiving a blowjob or a hand job? Oh, I feel like you'd have to stay a blowjob. Handjobs are just kind of weird. Some people are really good at handies. Yeah, like me, to myself. Yeah, I can There's do no one myself. better. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess that's fair. Send a new to your boss by accident or your mom? Oh, boss, because then I can quit. But unfortunately, I can't just leave my family. <laughs> eat food with moldy jam on it once a day or never be able to eat a meal with your significant other again? Well, I feel like Hill's going to listen to this, so I have to go with the jam situation. (laughs) Not shower for a week or not brush your teeth for a week? Oh, my God. Well, I shower already twice a day, so it'd have to be showering. Like, I'm just addicted to it, but then I just wouldn't talk to anybody for a week, so. No, you'd have to. A win-win. Back to your, no, it's back to your normal. Well, well, I feel like, yeah, well, yeah, now would be an incredible time, but yeah, definitely showering is just like, I'm addicted to it. I have to, like, two 30-minute showers a day. My utility bills are through the roof. It's what I do. Damn. (laughs) You'd rather have your parents walk in on you having sex or you walk in on them? Oh my God, this is the worst ever. I'd, I'd have to say me walking in because at least I can do everything to get rid of that thought. Like I know that I'm in control of getting rid of that thought. And I know you're going to tell me that I'll never be able to do it. Yeah. But still, like, yeah, I would, there's just no right answer, but I'm going to pick one for you. So there you go. Would you rather talk to animals or speak every language in the world? Oh my God, animals. Are you kidding me? I want to know what's going through their heads. I want to talk to my dog. I already talked to him and get absolutely no reply. Yet every single day, I still tell him how much I love him and ask him how his day was. So it is 1 million percent animals. Also, I feel like they'd have hilarious accents. I think about it more often than I probably should. But I (laughs) see an animal and I'm like, man, if that animal could talk, I bet you would have the funniest voice. Um, I just, I want to ask a quick question with that, Peaches. Do you really want to know what birds and fish are thinking? Oh, yeah, because birds are like one of the scariest animals in the world. Like, don't get me even started. And they're lucky that they're like under the water, so it's not a big deal. But if you're going to tell me that birds aren't the scariest animal in the world, they don't show emotion. Like, if a lion's mad, he's going to growl at me. I get it. I'll back off. Birds, they don't smile. They don't frown. They just stare at you. And if they want to attack, they can. 
long story here that I'm going to make real short. One of the worst <laughs> in my entire life, I went to Cabo for, for spring break one year. And we did one of those like really cheap scuba diving where they just give you a snorkel, but the water is completely green. So you can't see anything. And everyone knew that I had a fear of birds. So they took loaves of bread on the boat without letting me know. And I jumped in the water to go snorkeling and they threw all the loaves of bread in the water. And so seagulls were dive bombing all around my head. I thought I was dead. I'm not even exaggerating. I thought there was gonna be a seagull through my brain and I was gonna be an unfortunate story and a couple YouTube videos or I was gonna be in a chapter of a book one day, but yeah. You're still here. Here we are. Casamigos or Patron? Oh, Casamigos, we all know why. And take a body <laughs> shot off Austin or Dave? Oh, Austin. We got like a relationship that goes beyond doing shots off each other. That's just the, the tip of the iceberg as you'll soon find out. Yeah, Amazing. like that's not even a question for me. Like I, I wouldn't even I would have been like to... a normal Thursday night at Cowboys. Yeah, well, like, poor would, Dave, he's going to feel left out now. I would do a body shot off Peaches just for the hell of it. It wouldn't have to yeah. be. Also, like, we can do, okay, well, we'll do it after COVID. We'll do body <laughs> shots. You two do body shots off each other. Off each other, watch. yeah. I'll just watch. Peaches Whatever. and I have done a lot more than body shots. So yeah. we're good. <laughs> to last call confessions. Um, can you like let us know why your nickname is Peaches? Because I can't call you Jordan because I I didn't even know your full real name. For, like, yeah, this year. is so smart. This is a, a sweet little life tip for, for everybody out there. Um, just have people give you nicknames at every different job you had. Or for, for me, it would be different bars. And then if you have like a really bad memory like me and you can't remember people's names, um, they'll call you by your nickname, but it was from that part of your life. And so at least you have like a starting point as to where you know them from. Someone will be like, yo, Peaches, what's going on? I'm like, Cowboys, sick. Here we go. Let's start fire wrapping questions to them. And then I can figure out exactly who they are, where I know them from. <laughs> um, but no, like the, the nickname Peaches... Um, it does have a start, like, like it does have a story, um, but there's been like way better fake stories that have come up um, since uh, uh, since the name came around. Um, we used to just kind of make them up with people. We tell them that I was the, you know, Okanagan peach eating champion, um, that I used to just pound a bottle of peach schnapps every weekend um, and didn't die, or that it was just my favorite fruit. But now it's just kind of like, no one really knows why the name Peaches came around. And I think that's just way more fun. Like it's got way more life to it. What's the best version that you've heard? Oh, the best version? Well, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Well, I, the, the one that we really pushed for a long time was that I was a, the peach eating champion. We got so drunk. We went to, I'm trying to remember where it was in BC, but it's like Peachland, Peachland, Peachland. That's it. And they had a peach eating contest. <laughs> and then, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, that's in case you guys don't know where Peachland is. Um, when it's right by Kelowna. Um, and that I won the peach eating contest and then passed out um, in the peach truck. And we kept that one going for so long. Um, but uh, the best was when I was actually my very first year managing at Cowboys. Um, I had just gotten the nickname Peaches and I was in charge of all the Sky Suites. So I had all these guys who would keep calling me or texting me. Um, at, well, no, they'd be texting me, um, trying to get tables for Stampede. And then they would find out my name is Peaches, thinking that I'm some super hot babe, which I am, but not the one they were thinking of. And they'd ask me to send photos to them. And one of my favorite things ever was taking scantily clothed photos with a giant mustache and sending it to these gentlemen. And then still having to sell um, bottles to them uh, a couple of weeks. <laughs> after. 
So yeah, the name, like it, it's got a, a little history to it. Can I, can I be the first to make a new one for you right yes, here? Yes, please. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, the new story that I'm going to be telling people is that you actually were the latest bloomer in your grade. And so when you were showering, you actually only had peach fuzz on your genitals for like up oh until you were about 27. See, this is so, it. We're going to run with that one. Yeah. So it's, it's, here. it's because you couldn't grow pubes. Yeah. yeah that's it. Peaches because you couldn't grow pubes. The rest of my body was, was peach fuzz. so hairy except for my pubes. Yeah. You just had, you just had peach fuzz, fuzz down there. That's it. That we're running with that one for the next year. Stampede, whenever someone asks, that's going to be the story. See, and this is where it just gets more and more fun as the years go on. So that's the new story right there. Because you yeah. can grow pubes. You and I, we obviously, I alluded to it earlier, but we got our start kind of together at Cowboys um, at this new location that opened here in 2012. You and I both kind of did our management, orient, or not orientation, but initiation around the same time, actually the same day. And uh, that was kind of my introduction to you in this industry. Um, can you fill everyone in on uh, that initiation and just kind of how you got started at Cowboys? Yeah, I, I, I feel like we were like, you know, you know how like 90s kids got like the best of both worlds. I feel like you and I are kind of like the last couple managers that got the best of both worlds. We got like the old school stuff. We got a couple of the old school guys who still like actually believed in initiations and like we wouldn't cry about it or like complain to HR or anything about it. Um, but then also we get to be in this really great world that we live in now where like initiations, are, like do the shot of Jameson's. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> aggressive. Um, but, uh, but no, it was, it was Halloween. Um, I think it was like 10 years ago. Um, Almost, and, yeah. uh, everyone was coming up with, with hilarious, um, costumes that they were going to wear and uh and we were kind of told that fire managers and again this is like really when politically correct was starting to take hold so they were still trying to keep it fun but they they gave us some some hospital gowns um and then told us that we had to walk around with hospital gowns all night and and in our underwear um and Austin and I thought that 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 was a pretty great start um and then we sat down um and thought it just doesn't nearly close enough to what, you know, legendary usually comes with with cowboys. So we took down our drawers. So we were completely naked in just hospital gowns as the two managers um, on the club floor. And then we went and we took a handful of Cialis and we just chugged back as much Cialis as we could that evening. So uh, what is Cialis for like everyone that doesn't know what Cialis is? Cialis is, is the same as, as Viagra. So it's just another name. It's just an, it's like another brand. Um, I, I don't even know if it was Cialis or Viagra. Uh, this is not a sponsored podcast yet, but if it's sp <laughs> sponsored by either of those, then it's the one that it's sponsored by. That's what we took. We took a handful of that. And then Austin, I'll let you kind of go with, with what kind of happened after. Uh, just, we proceeded to walk around and obviously we got incredibly drunk that night. Um, we were off duty. I'll throw that in there. We had been cut for the night because we were getting shit faced and had no um, pants on and had no pants on. So, so we could pretty hard have to have authority when and you guys really had, and you guys situation. had a hard on and we had well, a hard on. Yeah, it's it's not as so. I at least we learned that um, the drug doesn't just work. Like it's uh -huh. not like you. It's not like you take a Viagra, or you take a Cialis, and you're just like rock hard for however many hours. Yeah. Um, you need stimulation still. And what it does is once you're stimulated, then you, uh, then you're good to go. So we were basically like 
fucking with each other and trying to like pay random girls to go up to the other person it's and like grind them. grind on them and stimulate them to try and make them hard. Yeah, and because um, we took so many, um, one thing that we kind of learned uh, being much younger than we are now is that it doesn't go away for multiple days. Um, wait, what? So like you're stimu- the second you get stimulated, you're like a rock for a couple of days. Yeah, but because like, and I'm not, I'm not even exaggerating when I say like, we just took like a handful and down them because like, what else do you do? We're just being insane. And yeah, I'm pretty sure that, and I think that was like a long weekend. I'm pretty sure we were sitting there on Sundays, like literally just sitting in corners for, you know, 15, 20 minutes and then would turn around and try to go do our jobs only to run to another corner and kind of just stand there for a little while. There was a lot of tucking going on that weekend. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And it's it's like, you know how they say if an erection lasts more than four hours, call your doctor. And Peaches and I are both like, dude, if this lasts more than four hours, we're fucking calling everybody. Yeah, that's it. We're doing more shots. We like- We're doing more shots. It was going away. It was taking more, but yeah. uh, So that was like- uh, and I feel like even like like our, our GM and AGM at the time were kind of in shock. Uh, I think there's even a photo. There's one photo of us on stage dancing that night. I'm not sure where it went. Mm-hmm. But it was definitely deleted off Instagram. God, I hope so. Uh, I hope not. <laughs> our political careers are over. <laughs> or in today's day and age, maybe they're just getting started. Maybe I'm sure like this, like at one point, like the one memory that I have from that night is I got iced on stage at like one 30 in the morning. So like I was already gooned at this point and uh, I think it was Burns that iced me. And so me being absolutely obliterated and being naked and just apparently having all the confidence in the world, I spun my hospital gown around to become a cape. And then iced or drank the ice on the stage. Do things so happen? I, yeah. So I I was essentially just butt naked on stage. And so I remember so many people have seen your junk. Yeah. Well. Yeah, the, but it has nothing to do with this situation. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's different reasons. Yeah, yeah. No, but so this happened, and then I remember going back to class because I was still in school at this point, and I went to the university the next day, and my sociology teacher was like, "Oh, hey, so what did everyone do on the weekend?" And uh, everyone starts sharing stories and I'm just kind of sitting in my chair hungover and tired and everything. And then uh, one girl in the class like, oh, I went to Cowboys and she showed a photo of me naked on stage to the teacher. And I was like, sweet. That's awesome. That's me. Yeah, that's me. I'll own it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So good. I just can't believe that you guys took a handful of it. Yeah. And all on weekend you were just... Lauren, the thing that you are going to learn through this, I think, is that Peaches and I are terrible when we're together. We're like a tornado. Like when the east wind meets the west wind, <laughs> the, the tornado that develops yeah. or, or the hurricane wind oh, that develops. Hurricane is, of fun. Yeah. And uh, we're going to get into student nights a little bit. And you'll be shocked at the things that we got away with on student night. Oh, my God. I want to hear it. If you like what you're hearing, please don't forget to give us a like or favorite and a five-star review on your favorite streaming platform. It helps us out a ton and gives us better access to producing more great podcasts for our listeners. While you're at it, make sure to check out our Instagram at Last Call Confessions and give us a follow for us.
all the up-to-date info on the podcast. Unreal. Well, um, we got so lucky um, when we got paired up because, believe it or not, even with how good-looking we are, we weren't really the ladies' night guys, so... um, (laughs) that kind of got passed and we were put on Thursday nights and making it nice and busy. Um, and, and we got the opportunity to come up with some of the most ridiculous games that would try to get kids to come down and win prizes early, uh, in the evenings. And, um, I was, I was talking with Austin. We were just kind of reminiscing over some of these and my favorite one ever. And I just remember getting in so much trouble because it was such an insurance liability, but I have never had so much fun in my entire <laughs> life. Was was uh, Austin Rieger came up with it? We we had one that was Mario Kart, but but the the one that was better was it was Hunger Games. And and Austin, correct me if if I'm wrong while I'm talking about it. Everyone had a balloon tied to their leg, so they were, they were put in the middle of the dance floor, mm-hmm. and and everyone had a balloon tied to their leg, and I think they were blindfolded, and. And, and Austin Rieger would go into the middle of the dance floor and he'd pour out a box of plastic forks and he would yell, what are the yell in Hunger Games? It would be the horn. You made the horns. It'd be, no, it was made the odds be ever in your favor and then we'd blow the horn. That would be it. And then people had to run to the middle of the dance floor blindfolded with a, a balloon on their leg. And then once they got their fork, they had to run around the dance floor and try to <laughs> pop other people's balloons. It was mayhem but the most fun if you run a nightclub and you're trying to find a way to get kids to come to your your um, club on a thursday night and you're not worried about insurance claims or getting sued for people losing eyes or bloody faces did anyone get hurt you oh yeah there was blood everywhere (laughs) and not not everywhere (laughs) there was enough There there was blood and and but you know what fixed blood tequila and so you oh just take God. everybody over and get it. Um, awesome. What were some other good ones? Well, I, I'm going to caveat that here real quick, that the Hunger Games kind of came out of uh, Mario Kart, which yeah. Peach has kind of alluded to. And Peach and I came up with this together. Um, this was the very first one that we did where basically we were like, hey, let's do a human version of Mario Kart. And we were trying to figure it out um, of how to do it where we're like well let's tie balloons to each other to everyone so everyone has three balloons mm-hmm. their lives and then um we need to have them like race around the dance floor and they have to try and pop each other's balloons and we're like do they throw things at them like what do we do and we couldn't figure out how to get these balloons to pop other than um like basically tackling each other and popping the balloons and we're like no no we don't want to do it like that but we need to give them weapons so that one actually, the reason why we did plastic forks for Hunger Games was because we did metal forks for <laughs> Mario Kart. So Peaches and I gave a bunch of 18, 19, and 20-year-olds uh, that were drunk, three balloons tied to their waist that were basically like, they filled with, filled with helium. So they were hanging ab- around their head, basically, is where they were. Oh, my and God. And we gave everyone metal forks and had them oh, complete no. a race circuit while trying to pop each other's balloons. So I want to cut to Dave standing in the DJ booth watching this happen and going ghost white. And I mean like ghost white and watching 25 kids chase each other with metal forks running through a nightclub. 
and Peaches and I are killing Drunk. ourselves laughing and just like we're having a blast. I, I feel like we had like um whip or like shaving cream too. So all the people in the fans, we filled up coffee filters with shaving cream. So when yeah. people were running by, people could like slap and banana peels and banana peels. Yeah, we gave them banana peels too, so they could throw banana peels at their feet and hopefully they. What we didn't see happening was all the the whipped cream on the dance floor got so slippery, so people were like literally like slipping all over the place. Uh, It it was it was so good. And they had metal forks trying to stab each other. Like just might as well just give them knives. And what were the prizes? The prizes were incredible. Like the prizes were really really. I feel like it was cash money. It will. So that, I think that's the worst part about it is that the prizes at the end, you didn't weren't guaranteed the cash prize. So what yeah. it was, was you had to pick from three bo- or four boxes. Oh, yeah. One of the boxes had like a 25 cent draft or 75 cent draft in it. Um, yeah. Another box had like tickets to a St. Peter's game. Another box had uh, like a toque or something. And then the last box had a had $500 cash. So like you could win 500 bucks. You just had to be you know willing to take a fork in the neck. Oh my god. And like me, you might not even walk away with that. You might not walk away with it. But the best part was is that if you didn't walk away with it, that money went over to the next week. So then the next week, kids would be competing for a thousand dollars. Oh. Yeah. So if the money lasted the whole time, by the very last game that we played, like kids would literally be competing for like three thousand, four thousand dollars. Trying to like think of some of the other games. We we had one, we uh, I don't know if you remember Epic Meal Time, but they made all those insane, insane meals on YouTube. It was like when YouTube first started out, and we invited them out to 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 come to Cowboys uh one evening. They were like our special guests. And we had this this one game for the kids where we we had this one of those giant, like six foot subs, and the whole game was um you'd have a team of five and you had to take a bite out of that giant sub. And then you had to pass it along mouth to mouth between the five of you. And they had to spit it into a bucket. And the first one to fill up their bucket was the winner. We, our application sold out. I don't get it. So, okay. So it would be like a bird feeding another bird. Like it'd be like, Should, no, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. But so only like, so like if I took a bite of a sub, you yeah. put it in I'd, my mouth and then I would spit around, it into Peach's mouth. Then and then I turned it into, into Austin's mouth. And then Austin would spit into Dave's mouth. And then whoever was the worst person that day would be on the last on our team. And then boom, it would go into the bucket and the one to fill up the bucket first would win. That's the most disgusting thing I think I've ever heard in my life. The kids wanted it, man. The kids wanted the kids. Kids We've done worse. Yeah. Like we, we were, we were before reality TV. We were, you know, that all people want is shock and awe. And that's what we were giving them. And then you were part of it. You were the celebrity. You were the one that got to win it. Um, Austin, you had the the best one ever with the the chocolate licking. What the, oh Uh, my God. I don't even want to know what you had to lick. Chocolate bunny. So it was an Easter Easter promotion where what we did was we would get teams of four. Um, We would pull the one person, one teammate would get pulled into the back hallway and all of their friends would have no idea what was going on. Meanwhile, that person in the back hallway, we would cover their entire head, hair, everything with Nutella and then bring them back in and they would get on their knees in front of their team and we would say, you have to lick your chocolate bunny clean. <laughs> and so they had two minutes to try and get the person as clean as possible. And with their they could, mouths? They could only use their tongues. So they're like, literally, there's like slobber dripping down these kids' faces and someone was like licking the slobber of the teammate beside them 
this would be like my worst. This that would be my worst nightmare. Like I remember watching a kid tip his friend's head back and then lick inside of his nostrils, trying to get the nutella out of his nostrils. Yeah. What? I told oh you God. you're gonna learn some new shit today. Yeah, but also like, uh, like I'm not even exaggerating when I say this is like because the kids wanted Netflix it. Netflix right now. No, this is like, like this is literally cable television right now. This is you all guys could have made a show off that, being like the weirdest games. I feel we, like this is like what people do like your chocolate games. bunny. Like, yeah. <laughs> When you like watch like Chinese television, these are like half their games. Oh my god, that's my shit. It's like the yeah. Oh my See, god, you're into it. That's the, it right ja- the Japanese. <laughs> the Japanese games are like my shit. Like I could watch that that for hours, and I'm like, this is like when they're and they always eat shit. They're like trying to climb up some weird mountain with whipped cream all over them. Exactly See, and you, you didn't need to go and watch that stuff. You just had to show up at Cowboys on Thursday night and see what the new games were. Yeah. You just do you remember when Rock Paper Balls came out? Oh god, what the fuck? Oh, oh my god. god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So we would we played rock, paper, balls. That it was literally two kids blindfolded, guys, two guys blindfolded, yeah, playing rock, paper, scissors. And the person who loses got punched in the balls. And the first person to drop to their knees would lose. So if you could take the punch to the nuts and not like fall, you were good. So we literally had our beer tub girls wearing boxing gloves. And like these guys were on stage, they would play rock, paper, scissors. And you don't know if you've lost because you're blindfolded. So the second that you finish going, you're like rock, paper, scissors. And you're like shaking, wondering if you're about to get punched. And our beer tub girls would punch these guys in the nuts. And uh, they would literally, the person who would drop would be the loser. And then the person would move on to the next one. Yeah. Oh my God. That's insane. These These were the good days. Can we have a game night when, like, this is all done? Yeah, like, just, like, the three of us beating one another? Yeah, and, like, good luck finding people that want to participate in the games that Peaches and I put together. Peaches, what about Stampede? You know, you were talking about uh, Stampede. You you have a love for Stampede. Literally, Stampede is my favorite time of year, and I think over the past 10 years, every single year, I just learned to love Stampede so much more. And I, I think what it is that like makes me love Stampede is when people who have never experienced it mm-hmm. kind of experience Stampede for for the very first time, there's they're in so much shock and awe as to the fact that our entire city turns into even people who hate Stampede kind of get into stampede like the people who are mocking you know like people dressing up as cowboys dress up like extra cowboys they wear the 10 gallon hats and the bolo ties mm-hmm. and i think the fact that our city for 10 days more or less completely dresses up um in i don't know it might be like the most elaborate costumes in north america like i get the mardi gras cool but like literally i don't know the the garbage men the, the 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 person working at Tim Hortons every single person has thrown on their country clothes and have bought into this idea um, and when you get someone brand new who's never experienced this before and they walk outside and see just literally people drinking beers on the side of the street dressed up like cowboys it is that feeling never gets old when they're just like dude what is going on why are people doing this one of my favorite stories ever and and it was. Uh, it kind of falls into the person I was most excited to, to ever meet um, uh, that, that played at Cowboys was when Diplo um, came here. You know, like he's this international 
DJ who's known from Major Lazer and and making like you know these these sweet reggaeton vibes. Mm-hmm. And I just remember him coming to Calgary, and um, and on his Instagram, he just kind of was like, "Wait, what is going on?" And he's like, "Everyone is dressed up like a cowboy," and I feel like he did like a quick swap, and all of a sudden he looked like a villain wearing like like super dark skinny lamleys he had the bolo tie he had the black hat he had a huge belt buckle um he he got to sit um where the where all the cowboys get onto their bulls um uh in the stampede grounds he got to sit there and he live streamed it for four hours him just sitting there and the entire stampede he was so obsessed with it and like now we have country diplo like i actually fully believe that his one experience or his first experience mm-hmm. um, when he came here to play at Cowboys um, was the moment that he decided that country can be cool and that if our entire city can dedicate an entire week to dressing up and taking cowboy gear extremely seriously, <laughs> then he can too. And he literally turned it into a giant meme and like a lifestyle. I'm pretty sure he was like, uh, his tracks were like top 10 on the country charts this year. He even um, came, came yeah. back to Calgary Peaches and he filmed his music video here. Yeah, right? Yeah, like he loves Stampede. Like, I think that's a great, yeah, you gotta start from it. Was- and, but I, I, yeah, I feel like, like if you've never experienced Stampede, you know, and, and, and the thing too is that it's like, I guess for us, well, I'm born and raised Calgary, but like, we're just so used to Stampede and like, you know about Las Vegas and you mm-hmm. know about Miami and you know about Mardi Gras and you know about Coachella and you know, at Coachella, you got to like wear, you know, art, like, like, like tattoos or whatever, like paint your face. And at Mardi Gras, everyone's wearing the feathers and they've got all the beads. Yeah. You really like, I don't think people understand um, to what extent we become like a, a cowboy city um, and it just actually shocks people. Um, and also how people are just kind of addicted to it. Even the fact that like Diplo came back after um, and and wanted it to like be part of his life. And I think he played another show, you know, a year or two later. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, we had like other DJs that I'm sure he's come in contact with that all of a sudden knew that we had this like <laughs> giant Cowboys tent um, bringing in um you know, superstars of, of every demographic. So whether they're country stars or hip hop stars or DJs, um, but everyone is dressed up like a cowboy the entire time. Um, it's just my favorite thing in the entire world. Yeah, I feel like a lot of celebrities like that came through are like, what the fuck is this? Like, I remember last year when Guy Fieri and Hunter, Fier- like his son, Hunter, yeah. they were like, Oh, we did not think it was going to be like this. We right? thought it was like they were like we thought it was like a stagecoach, but they're like there's a rodeo, there's fucking rides, and then like the Cowboys tent is something like just insane. It's literally just insanity. And they're like this last ten days, I was like, yeah, like frick, we should have stayed longer. And I was like, yeah, and I feel like they, they almost feel like out of place. Like if they're like not wearing cowboy gear and stuff like that, they're like, dude, get me to the closest Lamleys and like let's dress up right now because currently like 70 to 80% of the city's population downtown is wearing cowboys gear. Well, I, I think that one of the things that people don't realize about Stampede in general, but then also the Cowboys Music Festival is that like, yeah, it's it's nowhere near as big people-wise per day as it is. It's like Coachella or Stagecoach or one of those other giant music festivals. 
but those festivals are, you know, they're very about the music and that like special experience. Whereas Cowboys and Stampede, it seems like at least Calgary and Pete, just correct me if I'm wrong, but um, the, the Stampede, it's almost like they put a bunch of events around 10 days of people getting fucked up, not people getting fucked up around at 10 days of events. That, that's exactly, it's a lifestyle. <laughs> like you yeah. are and a cowboy and a cowgirl. Like yeah, so, you were sitting like, on a curb drinking a beer, like they would have been sitting on like one of those old, uh, I don't know, like um, decks in those old like Western movies, crushing beers in the middle of the day. I think like that's the thing, like people like Coachella and like Stagecoach, it's just an area, but like for Stampede, it's the whole goddamn city. It's a city. It's like a city thing. And like downtown, yeah. it, like the tents are all over downtown. There's parties going on throughout the city when, before you come downtown. There's pancake breakfast in the morning. And then there's like also charity events that go on during this. Like we're also yeah. raising money. Like it's not just yeah. like a making money thing. We're also like raising money. There's so much that goes into it. And the whole city gets involved. And it's so much fun. And when people come, they're like, what the fuck? Like I didn't think this is what it was. Like, they're like, oh, I thought it was like a Coachella or like a stage coach. It's like, no, it's like. And I think Calgary's like small town vibe really plays into it too. Mm -hmm. You know, like, mm -hmm. like we always kind of joke, like as Calgarians that, that Calgary is just a big city with like a small town vibe. Everyone kind of knows everybody. I, I was like trying to think about, about my first time managing. Cause I, I feel like that was really the, the first time where I had like responsibility, but I got to spend more time kind of, you know, um, enjoying stampede and, and being part of all the stories that go with it um i think kind of now our roles uh austin you and i are, are more actually just making sure that like everyone is safe and that the tent is running smoothly and and everything but um i like as we were getting ready for for this discussion i was trying to think of like some of my my favorite stories from that first year so so that first year it was like record hot it was so hot and and it was the first time cowboys had done um the tent at this new location and i could think of like five four or five different stories um that came from that one year just to show like how every year there's so much insanity that happens within the cowboys tent and and everyone's got their own personal stories but like the the one that just kind of always sticks with me is um i remember one night we were closing down down the the tent and um and it was like four o'clock in the morning. And um, that's kind of when the Zambonis, people don't know we have Zambonis that come into the tent uh, at like four or five o'clock in the morning and they clean the entire ground. And for, I, for just, all the non-Canadians, they're street sweepers. Yeah, yeah, street sweepers. <laughs> yeah, I guess that, that's exactly what it is. And, <laughs> and I get this report that there's, there's someone coming or someone walking around the tent. And I'm like, oh my God, there's a straggler. Like, how do we not get them? And... Um, and if you go up into Sky Suites, which is kind of like our, our VIP area, you get your own private washrooms. And um, this person had slept underneath the washrooms um, and then had woken up at like four o'clock in the morning and walking through the tent. And this person was a first overall draft pick in the NHL. And he had no idea where he was. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God what are you doing here? And he just was like, I don't know. And like pe people don't know, but a lot of these guys have like drivers. So we called up their driver and it picked them up. 
that was just like the tip of the iceberg. I was like, oh my God, this is the coolest thing to ever, ever happen to me. And then as like that stampede kept going on, um, we, we had a, a Stanley Cup winning team, a whole bunch of their team um, came with the Stanley Cup uh, to enjoy a couple of days in the Sky Suites. And um, I remember, and then again, I, I was like 21, 22. So it was like blowing my mind when all this was happening. And he called me up. He's like, there's an emergency right now, Peaches. I need you. I need you in the casino right now. And I run in there and they're at the roulette table. And, um, and he gives me $10,000 in chips. It's like Peaches, red or black. If we hit, we're going into the tent. If we, if we miss, we're going to another tent. And I was like, oh my God, there's never been so, so much pressure. And there's so much money in my hands right now. Like, and I'm just about to throw it away. And as Samuel L. Jackson says, always bet on black. So, of course, we went on the black. We won, and we partied for the rest of the night. Um, those are just, like, two from that, that, that one that's just, like, I don't know. It's just there's so much going on. It just gets me so excited. So, Peaches, you're quite a traveler. At least you were prior to COVID. And yeah. I know you've been known for literally just looking at a seat sale and being like, Hey, I want to go here and see people, or I want to go here. And you just seem to make it work. Not a lot of people can just pick up and leave, but you have always been able to do that. So where have you been? Uh, and what's, uh, what, what makes you do that? Yeah. Well, um, I, I love it so much. I, I, I think traveling is so important. I think experiencing, um, different cultures, uh, it is just, I don't know, like, what's the point of being alive if, like, you don't get to experience every single part of the world? And, and uh, like, I'm not saying you have to go experience every part of the world, but, like, to broaden your horizons and, and kind of get to experience different cultures. Um, so I've, I've uh, always had this, like, kind of rule um, since I was, like, 18. And uh, it's my 10-day trip rule. And it's that um, if you can leave on a Thursday, like, uh, like ideally afternoon, maybe evening, um, you'll arrive in your destination um, you know, with, with time pushback and stuff like that, um, early Friday morning, you can usually convince your boss to give you Friday off without actually taking a holiday, you know, like depending on like where you work or anything like that, but you can look at them and be like, oh, like I'll still get my work done, but like maybe from the airport, is that cool with you? And from my experience, everyone's pretty good with it. Then you got your first weekend in your destination. So you got your Saturday, Sunday, you get to only take five days off. So you have your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, um, to experience wherever you are. Um, and then you just fly back home on Saturday night or Sunday morning. Um, and this can be like across the world, but if you just hit time change properly, granted, you're going to have an extremely tired Monday, but like, that's just like a short term pain for like long-term gain for your, wow, I just came up with that sick <laughs> quote me on that. That's sick. I've never heard short term pain for long-term gain. It's, it's oh, not, man. It it's yeah, quote me on that. Not, Make a poster. That's copyrighted. Trademark that. It's from this podcast. No, I'm pretty sure you can it's already taken. It if you guys, if you guys don't, if you guys don't release this podcast by the time I trademark that, you're gonna have to pay me royalties. It's already taken. <laughs> you can't even trademark. I just made it up. I've never heard of it. Oh, no, you did it. So I'm gonna check that up right <laughs> after this interview, and I'm gonna trademark it. So, oh, that's incredible. It's already um, taken. <laughs> yeah, and leave in February, dude. It sucks because we live in, in, in Canada. So everyone thinks that it's just cold everywhere in the world. But like February in Italy, most incredible time. Not too hot, not too cold, windbreaker weather, no crowds. 
I was in and out of the Vatican and like taking my time with absolutely nobody around me, like five hours. It was incredible. Not one lineup. Um, when so, did you do Italy? February. February. I, I, I think so he just, crazy. they were in the middle of a lockdown in February. No, no, That's no. That was like crowds. three or four. Th three no, was it? No, they were. No, they yeah, were no. watched so, out of February yet. Okay, well, th this, yeah. Well, so so three or four, this is three oh, okay. or four years ago. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll give you guys my my travel story this year, okay? I was supposed to go, uh, so like February, March is when I, when I like to travel. Um, I was supposed to go to Italy, uh, mm -hmm. to the Amalfi Coast, um, middle of March. Mm -hmm. I'm literally packing my bags to go on the airplane that leaves in like six hours. And on my phone, it's like Italy locks borders, shuts down to the world. And I was like, no way. This is not actually happening. I called my girlfriend, Hillary. And I'm like, um, Italy just locked down their borders. And she's like, oh, like, like, it's just like, I can't even remember what she said, but like not a big deal. I'm like, no, literally we cannot go to Italy. I was like, well, we have a, Fly, or um, what's that called when you, a layover in London. I'm like, do you want to just fly to London? And then if we can get another flight, super sweet. If we can't, looks like it's London for 10 days. Like we'll give it a chance. So we still get on our flight. It's like kind of weird. No one's really in the airport. We're crushing Coronas because we think it's hilarious. Apparently <laughs> it wasn't that hilarious. Like, I don't know, eight or 10 months later. Um, and, uh, and so we get to the London airport and we booked through EasyJet, like a, like a cheap flight. And they're like, no, we're still flying to Italy. And we look at this lady. Everyone's screaming and yelling at these people. We're classic Canadians. We look at them. We're like, we're not mad, man. Just if we fly to Italy, are you flying us back? Because I'm pretty sure everything's locked down right now. And like, I think because we didn't yell at her, she was just like, pick any single flight we have tomorrow to any country. We'll fly you there and back for the same flight or for like for no extra cost. So I look at Hillary and I'm like, where do we want to fly that we have no intention of ever going in our life, but it would be amazing. And we chose to go to Portugal. We went to Portugal. It was incredible. I can't tell you more it's amazing so things. So beautiful it. there. And here's the best thing about Portugal. COVID was happening. So we're, we're literally the last flight before COVID was locked down. We're so lucky. I'm not even I'm not flexing on people right now. We got so lucky, but we got to eat at like Michelin star restaurants and we, we stayed in this town called Sintra. It's kind of like Portugal's Banff. And we got to stay in the honeymoon suite mm. of this castle for like 60 bucks because everyone canceled all their flights and trips to this place. So we're just like rolling through Portugal in all these balling places. And literally everyone's just like, they're just pumped that we're there. So they're just giving us like the sweetest rooms and the best meals for, I don't know, the most affordable prices. And then it's all about expectation. This is This, this goes beyond traveling. But... So I don't know, it must mean the, the Thursday on my 10 day plan and, and things were starting to actually get pretty serious in the world. And, uh, oh no, this was a Tuesday and things were getting pretty serious in the world. And I looked at Hillary, we grabbed a bottle of wine. We looked at each other and we said, okay, listen, like the world is actually shutting down. Like this is getting really crazy. Either we make a decision right now. We, we, we get on a flight, we go home, no problem. Or we met these two Jamaican ladies and they offered us to go down to their yoga retreat in the south of Portugal. We just met them on a tour the night before and they offered us to go with them. And I'm like, or we get in the car with these Jamaican ladies and we tour the rest of Portugal and it is going to be literal hell trying to get back home. And it is going to be so stressful and we are going to want to kill each other, but we made the decision together. So no one's allowed to yell at each other and we are setting our expectations right now. So took the next three days, 
went through, the lockdown happened. We, we, we took a train back up to, to, to Lisbon. Um, we stayed at a Holiday Inn filled with literally every person that's ever retired and was touring uh, Europe, but grabbed a car and was able to drive to Portugal so they could get back home to Canada. Crushed so much wine with like 60, 70, 80 year olds, got on the plane. And, and this is what we had to do because I don't know, Josephine or, or, or Cassandra or Kathy, she was so worried about her flight to Thunder Bay in like November of 2020, we couldn't get a hold of anyone from WestJet in March to try to book a new flight to get home. So this is what was happening. We actually, um, we get to, to, to London, we get to Gatwick Airport, and you have to like sleep at the airport and put your name on a list. You're not allowed to take any luggage with you. You're only allowed to take your carry-on. Um, some homeless man in, in, uh, in Portugal right now um, has whole bunch of sick lulu clothing um because i was rocking i was rocking an extra pair of clothing and and my um my uh, backpack and they would they would have a list of because people couldn't cancel their flights because they couldn't call WestJet. they would just book new flights and get on and so they would 20 minutes before the flight was taking off they would count how many seats were open um in the entire airplane and then whoever was on the list, they would tell that amount of people that they had 20 minutes to run through security and get on the airplane and then sit whatever like available seat was there and they'd fly you back home. It was so wild. That's a true story. That's, that's what it was like flying home from Europe. Like, I don't know. And that would have been like five days into Calgary's lockdown. What are you doing right now then? Um, so, so my family's pretty entrepreneurial. Um, my dad owned a bakery, uh, my entire life, which is why I have my incredible physique. Um, if you're wondering, this was fueled by cheese bread and cheese buns for the first 12 to 15 years of my life. Um, and, uh, and my mom and aunt owned a school and they actually, um, they sold off their school. Uh, they took over an old Bible college and they turned it into a community center, um, which is absolutely insane. So I immediately quit my job because my mom and aunt are the nicest people in the world. I knew they'd give everything away for free. And so I could come in and be that, that, that little devil on someone's shoulder while they're all the angels and they get to do all the nice stuff. And I'll be like, my mom would be like, yeah, everything's free. You can do it. And I'd be like, yeah, but it also costs this much because what well, we need to pay for things. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so um, I actually, uh, I opened up a, a it's an event center, um, but what we really focus on is uh, weddings. And um, I always joke with Dave that uh, my wedding venue is the sickest nightclub in the city um, because I don't need any security. My bar is packed with two to 300 people every Friday and Saturday night. um, And everybody leaves at two o'clock and I don't have to do any marketing to get people down to the club before nine o'clock. They're already there at five pre-drinking. So (laughs) uh, yeah. And uh, I I really, I really believe, um, you know, and COVID is kind of actually, helped me a little bit with this, but I've always kind of believed that the, the wedding industry has been outdated. Um, I think that it's too expensive. Um, I think that uh, a lot of people are paying money because the wedding industry tells them they need to pay that much, but there's absolutely no reason to actually have to pay that much. Um, and so with our wedding venue, uh, we have a 75 year old church. We painted everything white. Um, we gave it like a really classy minimalist look. Uh, we've got a beautiful wood ceiling, um, but we include everything. So all the tables are included, no extra fees. No the chairs are included, no extra fees. Uh, we went out and because of our nightclub, 
background. Um, our entire lighting setup is, I don't know, wouldn't rival Cowboys, but it would definitely rival a nice like indie hipster nightclub. We got a suite. So, so people can come in and have their, their reception, but then I have a fully stocked bar again, learn from the nightclubs. And whereas, you know, I'm in a couple of those like Facebook wedding groups where people around North America all talk to each other about how much they hate their clients and stuff like that. <laughs> and everyone's just like bitching and complaining. Well, they stayed too late. They drank too much. I'm like, Oh my God, this is the opposite. And it's the future. Get them to stay like literally, you know what, you know what I tell people now I say, have, have 200 people for your wedding and then also have a second guest list at nine o'clock for another hundred or 200 people so that they can all come party with you, but it doesn't cost you so much money because you have to have a dinner. But mm -hmm. then I include everything except for alcohol. And then we just have a bar that's running the whole time. Drinks start at $5 and, um, and people can party till two o'clock in the morning. So I don't know. I'm really hoping that this catches on. We'll kind of see if, if, uh, if the wedding world is ready for this or if they just kind of want the classic $20,000 wedding, which uh, I guess there's wedding venues for everybody. I just need 52 of them. That's it. So. <laughs> exactly. This has been absolutely awesome, Peaches. We really appreciate you coming on today. Um, I wish you the best of luck in the event venue. I know you're going through hell right now. Hopefully uh, some restrictions are going to be eased here soon and uh, you will be able to get back to business as usual. But uh, we can't tell you how much we appreciate you coming on today. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully see you soon. You guys yeah. have to take body shots off each other. I can't wait. Absolutely. <laughs> see you, friends. Thanks for listening to this episode of Last Call Confessions. It would mean the world to us if you could make sure to give us a five-star rating and a review on your favorite podcast streaming platform, as well as give our Instagram page, at Last Call Confessions, a follow. Don't forget, if you have a great party story you know we need to hear, Make sure to DM us for the chance to have your story featured on an upcoming episode.